You're listening to the Midwest Marketing Orange Hour podcast with your host, Brett Matice. Okay, so typically I do not introduce the guest as I always am positive that I'm going to mess up a name or pronunciation or a title or what you do. So I'm going to let you take that right off the bat and tell everybody who you are, where you're from, what you do, your whole spiel. Okay. Um, Do you want me to say hi? You can say hi. Okay, yeah. sounds good. <laughs> hi, I'm Chantel McDonald, and I am the Director of Development at the Rapid City Club for Boys. Um, I do all of the fundraising, special events, marketing, all that fun stuff there. I'm originally from Del Rapids, South Dakota, which is over by Sioux Falls. I grew up there, and I went to SDSU um, for my undergraduate and graduate, and then I moved out here in 2013. Awesome, awesome. So you've been here since 2013. Was the Club for Boys what initially brought you to Rapid City in the Black Hills area, or was it something else? Nope. <laughs> I had family that moved out here, and I actually didn't have a job when I first came out here. So I worked at Shields um, in Sioux Falls, and then I started working there full-time right when I moved out here. And then the position at the Club for Boys opened up just as special events, so I took that job, and then I just have been working my way up from there. Awesome, awesome. I mean, it's a great area, especially coming from the bitter cold of East River, South Dakota, which I can talk crap about because I went to school in Mitchell. <laughs> um, so, yeah. I It's went just up. a wet cold over there. It is. The biggest, <laughs> the biggest thing I noticed from being – I'm from Minnesota originally, um, which is just as bitterly cold as Eastern South Dakota, and then going to school in Mitchell is like every morning you wake up in December or January, February, and you have to scrape your windshield every morning and you don't have to do that out here it's like if I have to scrape my windshield I'm kind of baffled and most of the time like just 10 minutes of defrost on the automatic starter gets it taken care of I know so, we're so spoiled now when we have those automatic oh, car starters totally like when I go home for Christmas I'm like, it's just like a wimp totally a wimp with the weather over there but anyway for people who are not familiar maybe not from the Rapid City area and this is a huge loaded question because you guys do so much but what is the club for boys and what do you provide for our community here in Rapid City okay so um, the Rapid City Club for Boys has been around since 1963, and we have we serve boys ages 6 to 17. Any boy from any school can come. We provide transportations to some schools. Um, right now, with the pandemic being here, it's a little different. Um, but on an average year, non-pandemic, we would serve in between 180 to 200 boys during the school year, and th- um, in the summer, in between 350 to 400 boys. Um, but the best part about the Clever Boys is it's $12 a year. So we offer a wide variety of different programming from nutrition to athletics. We now have three gyms, including our new sport court. We have an outdoor program, age-specific rooms, an education program, and also a social recreational room. So when you say serve, you said you serve three to 400 boys in the summertime um, on a non-pandemic year. Yep. Serve constitutes what? Is there 300 or 400 boys in the facility the club for boys calls home at one time because that's got to be loud yes yes um actually um we serve in between 1300 to 1400 boys per year oh i messed up my numbers oh that no that you were correct but 350 to 400 boys per day can be in our building wow yeah it is very loud we miss the noise right now just because we're following um, CDC guidelines and working with the Department of Health just with the pandemic. So it, we do miss the noise. <laughs> oh, totally. I'm sure you just get used to it. And it's like, it seems almost quiet in, in there. And so it's amazing quiet. how you could take it for granted before. And now you just miss it so much. But I think the one thing that we miss at the Club for Boys the most is the hugs. Um, oh, in sure. our big games room, you would walk through it and it'd take you 10 minutes to walk through and boys would just come up and be like, 
they would always be like, hi, Chantal, or give you hugs. And it's just the best feeling in the world. Oh, totally. So you mentioned just real briefly there about the different rooms and different areas that, that the boys have access to. What is like on part? So obviously with 300 boys, they can't all be out on the basketball court. What are some of the areas that seem to get a lot of traction and people really, really like um, when they come to the club for boys? So some unique things is we are, we have an outdoor program and we have a full-time staff running that outdoor program. So that one's been very big for us. Um, there's not a lot of organizations that have a full-time outdoor program, but a nice thing that we have is we have an area for our outdoor program. So that's an indoor area. We also have a garden out front, and then we also have a cabin. So if our boys want to go and do overnighters, tell ghost stories, a bunch of fun stuff like that, they can. The other nice piece is is that we have three gyms, and we have a younger boys gym, so we do age-specific programming there, and also an older boys program with age-specific. And then we have a sport court that we haven't really gotten to utilize just yet, just because we finished the construction on it, Um, but they're going to get to use that for a wide variety of things. For sure. So as someone who grew up in the outdoors, and that's very, very important to me, when we got, well, how long was our tour? Three weeks ago? Was that? Yeah, about three. So yeah, we got a Midwest marketing, the whole crew got a tour and Chantel brought us over and gave us the tour of the new stuff, the remodeled stuff, the, you know, standard stuff that's always there. Um, And it was kind of cool to see in in, in one of the new buildings, I saw archery set up um, with the bows and arrows and and different targets. I was like, that's so cool. Just knowing what, when I was growing up, what that meant to me and to like give those boys who maybe wouldn't have, you know, the outdoors can sometimes be like a pass down thing um, from from father to son, mm-hmm. and some people don't have that avenue into it. So to provide them with that, I thought was very very cool. Yeah. So with our outdoor program, we do work with South Dakota Youth Hunting Adventures right now, and so um, the only reason why we haven't had a lot of boys join that is just because of the school district going to a level three. But we um, will help our boys get through hunt safe, so then they can go and be with a mentor there. Um, we also have a special event um, called Hooked on Hardwater. That's every February, um, where we take 60 boys up ice fishing with pros that come all from around the United States. So there's two huge opportunities that some boys might not have the privilege of getting to do right now um, with everything going on or just with their life. And so we just love providing those opportunities for them. And we'll talk about hooked on hard water later um, for sure. But one thing is my dad would take me and my sister fishing in between tangled lines and not knowing how to take a fish off the hook. It's a lot of work. So just to shout out the volunteers and the people who work in and employed with the club for boys is like, it's not easy to take one um, kid fishing, much less 60. Um, So it's an awesome event and it's very, very cool to see people willing to spend their time, which maybe would be relaxing fishing into mentoring kids into the outdoors and, you know, untangling lines all day, but the kids are having a blast. Yeah. They love everything that comes with the outdoor program. Totally. So you said $12 a year to be a club for boys member. Do you call it a member? Yep. Um, we also can scholarship, um, boys in too, and they just volunteer helping us like run a contest or something uh, like that. Uh, we charge $12 just so they feel like they have ownership of their membership at the club for boys. Absolutely. And how is the club for boys able to, obviously there's a lot going on and you talked about, you know, nutrition and meals and all this stuff. $12 a day isn't enough probably to cover it. It does definitely help $12 between 400 boys or 1300 boys throughout Mm -hmm. the year. But how does the club for boys get that funding? Does it come from the community? Does it come from grants? How does that all work? So we are very thankful for, um, everybody in our community. Um, it, 
changes every year. It's in between 85 to 90% of our funding comes from the community, and we are getting close to about a $2 million budget. Which is uh, awesome. Yeah. So, um, we, yeah, like, we're just so thankful for all the donations that we have come in. We also have our thrift store that's on Campbell Street right across from the fairgrounds. So they are a fundraising arm of our organization. But we do get some government funding, especially when it comes to feeding our kids and everything like that. So we are also very thankful for that piece, too. Totally, totally. So like we said, we got the tour a little bit ago, but there's been some big changes at the Club for Boys. Can you outline those changes for people who maybe haven't got to see them yet and what's all going on over there? Of course. Um, Yeah. So one piece that you'll notice right when you walk in the door is that we changed our lobby area. We made that very safe for our members. And so when you walk in, you'll see a lot of glass, but that's basically if an intruder comes in, we can lock everything down. It has bulletproof glass on there, but it's just still really friendly and warm. It gives us a place that we can give good customer service to all of our parents and anybody that's just coming in. Um, The next piece is our Erickson building. So that actually was the thrift store before it moved to Campbell Street. But Roger and Sandy Erickson, which were the first people that started the Clever Boys back in 1963, their goal was to turn the thrift store into a teen center when the thrift store started to outgrow that building. So their dream is finally becoming a reality. So when you walk in that area, you'll notice a big space wide open. Um, So that can be for special events, but then we can, we have a wall that is movable. So then we can break that open to the outdoor program. And then we have a teen center. So that comes with a fun learning kitchen that the boys are just loving and they're doing a great job over there. And then also in that space, we have our den or our older boys program. And that is just a place where our older boys can hang out, do homework, be creative, play video games, do a lot of things that they just want to do. The one thing that we're missing right now is usually when on a non-pandemic year, we would, be, we would keep our older boys program so anybody over 12 could stay until midnight. So we're trying to bring that back the best way that we can right now, um, but hopefully we can bring that back sooner rather than later. Yeah, for sure. You mentioned that the test kitchen. Are there any recipes that they've really got figured out that the boys are like, this is good? Are there favorites or is it all just you know pretty much... Um, young boy cooking, which is not super advanced. Well, to be honest, my favorite thing that they do is the pancake wars. So (laughs) they're making really fun, creative pancakes. Um, One of my favorite ones was somebody made Bart Simpson. (laughs) And it turned out out good. Yeah, it turns out better than the ones I make at home. So it's really funny. My pancakes are very caveman style. So I'd be very jealous of someone (laughs) who can make Bart. I know. (laughs) Um, But they make a bunch of... um, breakfast meals over there. But another cool thing that they do in our outdoor program is they're doing um, the Dutch oven kind of cooking too. So um, they're just having a ball with all of that. And it's just an opportunity that we can give them that, like I said, they might not have an opportunity to learn that at home. Absolutely. Absolutely. So obviously big changes have happened. Lots of remodels, lots of cool stuff. I'm sure we're always thinking about the future. If you can spill the beans, if you can't, no problems. Are there anything on the horizon that we could be looking out for of, of more changes to come? Well, right now, a big change is we, one thing I didn't mention was our sport court that was remodeled, but that it has a removable floor. So right during programming, we had this floor that's better on your joints for our boys to play sports on, but that floor all came up and now we're having our Christmas tree sales on there. But if you're thinking of a program change, one thing we're excited about, but hopefully by next school year, we're working, we're starting to develop a new education program. We're like just the starting phase, but we really want to get to the place where all of our boys want to go into the education program and just, it's just a room that they just look forward to going into every day. Sometimes it's not fun, like you were at school all day and then you have to go in and do more homework. So we're just really trying to revamp that and just 
provide more opportunities for our boys in that manner. Absolutely. So, I'm, yeah, I'm sure that is arises an issue where it's like, really, I need to do more homework because sometimes it can be annoying from experience. It's like, I don't really want to do more homework. But if you can make <laughs> it a fun environment and yep. then you got all your buddies there, too, it can be be a lot of fun. And then you can go play basketball later. Yep. For sure. So. We obviously have kind of touched on it a little bit um, with the pandemic and the unique situations that you guys face um, with hosting so many boys and kind of trying to keep everybody safe. What measures maybe like, you know, there's the obvious ones of mask wearing, social distancing, all that good stuff. But what maybe like that doesn't meet the eye to the general public have been some changes that you guys have implemented to keep everybody safe and handle this pandemic? So um, when the pandemic first started, we closed down for a little while, but then we opened back up in July and we just started to monitor how many boys that could come in at a time. But the things that people don't notice that we do is we're doing temperature checks, asking all of the pre-screening questions for anybody that comes into our building. We're not allowing allowing a lot of outside visitors come in during this time just because we want to make sure that it's just safe for our boys. But Things that you might notice, even from your tour last time, is we changed a bunch of rooms around. So our clubhouse moved, so we had bigger space for our younger boys. We moved our hideout, so we had a, another gym for the boys. So just really moving things around so we have more space so our boys can um, social distance and just still be able to have all those different program areas open. For sure, for sure. What are maybe this kind of the same question, but phrased differently, I guess. Um, when you guys went into it, obviously the pandemic has been going on for some time now, and we all kind of saw the initial challenges of it. What is maybe something that arose during the pandemic that you were like, oh, I would have never guessed we would have had to deal with that, but then you guys did and, and overcame whatever that was? Um, a lot of ours was just communicating with our parents. Um, it comes down to a lot of our boys. So I think our average or our percentage was 79% of our boys um, can are under poverty guidelines. So we serve a lot of boys that don't have, like I said, the means of getting from one place to another or stuff like that. But we just um, are really working on our communication with our families, but we are just so thankful that we had all the relationships with our families. Um, we go above and beyond, I feel like, at our organization to get to know our members, but also their families. Um, so just getting a hold of them, a lot of them move. A lot of them might have to get a new cell phone and, or we don't have their email. And so just really trying to make our, our families know that we are open and we are here to serve you and help you in, with whatever might be coming your way. So that was one obstacle that we overcame. Um, we're still working on perfecting it, but that's one thing that we've really been trying to work on. Yeah, no, I'm sure communication is key. And as you went through it, you found different ways, just like you said, to tinker with it and make things better and easier on both you guys and the families and the kids involved. So yep. totally. We're going to take a quick break. And then when we come back, we're going to talk about some community events and other things that the Club for Boys does for the Rapid City community and how Rapid City helps out the Club for Boys. Hey guys and gals, it's Brett Matice, the host of the Midwest Marketing Podcast. I need you to do me a favor really, really quick. I promise you it won't take long. However you're listening to this here podcast, go on to iTunes, Stitcher, maybe you're just on our website, whatever it is, go give us a five-star rating. See those stars? There's going to be five of them. Just go to the one furthest on the right-hand side, click that one. Maybe write a few quick nice words about us. Unless you don't like us very much, then don't write anything at all. Thanks a lot. I appreciate it. Let's get back to listening. Currently, you guys are holding a UTV raffle that people can right now go and buy a ticket or a book of tickets for. How does that work? What can they win? What does it go to benefit? 
All right. Well, yeah, we have our UTV raffle going on right now, and we actually draw at our special event, um, Hooked on Hardwater, in February. And you can win a UTV, um, a 2020 Pioneer, or you can win $10,000. So it's your choice on what you need or want at the time. Um, but tickets are $10 a piece, or you can buy a book of 12 for 100 We have them available at our thrift store. If you know any of our board members that are on our Club for Boys or our foundation board, you can ask them how to get a ticket, and they can get you one too. Or you can go to our website and buy a ticket on there or just come and see me down at the Club for Boys and we'll get you a ticket. Awesome. So when does the raffle commence and when do we figure out if you've won or not? So it's going to be on February 27th. So it's still a little ways away, but they're great Christmas gifts. Oh, yeah. Awesome. Good stocking stuffer. (laughs) Yep. Good stocking stuffer. So um, obviously, as we move through the holiday season, we're going to have a lot of events coming up. Do you guys have anything else? I think you did mention earlier in the podcast about your Christmas tree sale. How does that work? Yeah, so our we already have the trees on our lot, but the lot opens on the 27th. So we are really thankful um, for all the sponsors that helped out with that. RCS Construction is actually our presenting sponsor. Um, they gravitated towards that because they just did all of our renovations. So it was a great match. Um, but yeah, we have nine different types of trees and some of them are local that we go out and cut. You can get a custom sized tree um, if you would like, but they all range on different prices depending on the tree and the height. But it's just fun. We have we love this event. It's been here for 41 years. Really? Um, yeah. I didn't know that. That's a long time. Yeah. So the first year we started doing that, um, we went out and just cut. Um, some farmer said, hey, come in, pull all my weeds. So we can't, went down and cut about two to 300 trees and they all sold out in one day in the span of like two to three hours. So we've been doing it ever since. Um, But just like our programming, we offer quality programming. So we want to offer quality trees. So the last 41 years, we've been looking at different tree farms that we can get them in from. And um, right now we do have a smaller amount of trees on our tree lot just due to the fires out in California and up the coast. Um, So if you really want a tree, I would say come early. it opens on the 23rd, but some of our busiest weekends are going to be right after Thanksgiving and the following weekend. For sure. I'm going to put you on the spot big time here. Okay. Do you know what kind of trees do you get in? Do you have firs? Do you have balsams? Do you yep. have? We have both of those. Okay. We have Nordman. Um, oh, man, now I can't rattle off all nine. Black Hills, Spruce, Ponderosa, Pine. I'm missing four. Yeah, no, I can't yeah. list you the other four. I just did all the marketing for it, yeah. too. I just got ordered all new signs, and now I can't list them all off for you. <laughs> no, that's a, that's a tough question. So do you have, I mean, obviously, wide variety. Do you have, like, big honking trees? Do you have, you know, we would, our family, we would always do fake tree upstairs, real tree downstairs, and the ceiling allowed us to get, like, a six-foot tree, which is, I feel, pretty average-sized tree. But then my friends would have, like, a 12-foot tree, like a monster one. Can people get you know, all sizes in between, or is it more kind of one size fits all? So for the ones we get shipped in, they're more of the, in between the four to eight foot. But if you do want a 12 foot tree, um, we're doing the one for Custer State Park. Um, we're going to bring them down a 12 foot tree. So those are the ones we, we do more of the, like the Black Hills spruce or the locals, but we'll go cut those for you. And the nice thing is, is with the pandemic this year, we are offering delivery. So if people are nervous, they can call down and we'll deliver their tree for $10 this year. Um, just because we appreciate everybody that's supported us over the past 41 years. Um, and we just know that right now is a time people might not want to be out. Absolutely. And also a hot tree delivery tip. Um, I don't know. I'm sure you guys know this. We just figured this out not long ago. So we would always go cut our own Christmas tree or get our Christmas tree. And then we'd strap it on top of the car or the SUV. And we would always point. So if you got your front of the car going left, we would point the top of the tree, like the tippy top of the tree would be pointing down the road, like over, you know, the windshield. And the stump of the tree would be out the back. 
this is very wrong. Don't do this. You got to flip it around. And we, <laughs> we learned it because we're like loading up our tree, me and dad are, and some guy just walks by and goes, you got her the wrong way? And we're like, all right. And it's true. It like loses way less needles if you put the stump facing the windshield and then the tippy top of the tree facing the back of the car. So on your deliveries, just remember that. <laughs> I'm sure you are. You're going to do it. But I just learned this, I mean, two years ago, maybe. And really good tip. You lose a lot less needles. Well, the one other great thing that we offer is we do wrap the trees when oh, they see, can leave. So we, we try <laughs> to get the best customer service on this tree lot. So yeah, um, the one thing that's nice is we have so many people that come down and this is just a holiday tradition for them. For so sure. you have the tree wrapping machine. Yep, we do. If you, if somebody, if the listeners have never seen a tree wrapping machine in action, it is very impressive how fast the tree gets wrapped. It's very aggressive too. Yep. With how fast that thing goes through. So even if you don't need a tree, just come down to watch the tree get wrapped at the Club for Boys. I'm going to probably just have to post a video of it on our social yes. media page. So now every, so the people might not have to come down this year, just sure. this year, but then maybe yes. moving forward. <laughs> Funny. So obviously we got tree sale, hooked on hard water, UTV raffle. Is there any other upcoming events here, holiday season or maybe beyond that we can look forward to? So the one other one that we're really looking forward to is um, South Dakota Gives. So that's Giving Tuesday in South Dakota. Um, we are one of the four to 500 nonprofit organizations that participate in that. So watch our social media page there. We'll be telling you different ways to get involved with the Club for Boys. Um, if you want to donate to a program, if you want to sponsor a boy or just give to the Club for Boys, this is a great time to do it. This is when South Dakota all really comes together for their online giving. Um, but the one other fun thing that we are doing on that day is Outback is going to be doing a give back night to the Club for Boys. So if you like Outback, if you like steak, all that fun stuff, you the can go The brown out. bread. Yes. Yeah. Yes. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I was giving her a tour and I just love their brownies. I just like, if I could have that served first, oh my gosh, those are so good. But yeah, if you go out, they're going to give a portion of those proceeds to us and they're also going to be giving us some items off our wish list. So we just added that. So if you just want to shop on Amazon, just go to our website, find our wish list, and then you can send stuff over too. Um, just we're trying to make it easy with the pandemic. <laughs> yeah, totally. So obviously we've talked a lot about ways that people can give back and different events and stuff. What if people want to, obviously you guys have volunteers and all that stuff. How can people get in contact with you and what are some of the opportunities they have to work for, volunteer for, support the Club for Boys? So different ways you can volunteer is we have our thrift store. So they're always looking for volunteers. So if you like the retail, if you like going through donations, stuff like that, we're always looking for volunteers there. So if you're interested in that, I would just tell you to call our thrift store. Um, and But with the Club for Boys, we have a lot of different opportunities. We have all those different programs that I was talking to you about. So like you, you're really interested in the outdoors. If you wanted to be a volunteer just in our outdoor program, we could make that happen. We um, first interview just um, anybody that's interested in volunteering just because we want it to be the right fit. We don't want somebody to just come down and have them stuff envelopes for me, which isn't super fun, and then have them never come back. We want to make it so they want to come back and they feel part of our Club for Boys family. We have an awesome volunteer that's been down there for many years. Her name is Sheriff Marilyn, and she helps feed our kids, but she is here every single day. Um, to help serve our kids at all of the meals that we get. But she is just one that we just love raving about. (laughs) (laughs) Awesome. So as far as contact information, what's the best way to get a hold of you guys? Is it just pick up the phone and call? Is it message on Facebook? How can people, if they are really interested in any form of contacting you guys, 
get a hold of you? So both ways, um, you can visit our website, which is theclubforboys.org, um, and you can just go to our page, and you can find anybody in any department and email them directly if you just know specifically what you want. Um, uh, you can also call our line, which is 605-343-3500, and um, that will give you our online directory, or you can just hit zero and get a hold of our front desk, and they can transfer you. So really easy ways of getting a hold of us, but we do have Facebook where you can just write us a quick message. Um we're working with kids all the time, though, so it might take a little time for us just to get back to you, but feel free to write us on there, too, and we'll get back to you as soon as we can. Absolutely. Well, that sounds good. I guess as we wrap up here, is there any last-minute thoughts that you want to share, maybe something I didn't touch on or we didn't get to um, that we say before we turn the machine off? Um, I just want to give a huge shout-out to all of our staff, especially our program staff and all of our staff at the thrift store. Um, I do a lot of the fundraising at the Club for Boys, and I would not love my job as much if I didn't have all of them. All of our boys love our staff. We have had staff there for over 50 years, 40 years, 30 years, and all of our boys love them. The best part of my job is going out into the community and seeing a boy and having them run up and say hi to me. And all of our program staff, I think, deal with that on a daily basis. But like I said, our program staff go above and beyond for these boys, and we are just so thankful for them too. Absolutely. So I usually don't have last minute thoughts, but I actually do this time. So okay. I, I think I'll share. Um, I think the biggest thing in the takeaway that I take away from this podcast, and I think that listeners will take away from this podcast, is the level of passion behind you and the people that work for the Club for Boys. Um, there's a quote that goes, I'm going to butcher it, but it's somewhere along the lines of it's, it's so enjoyable to see someone speak about something they're passionate about and to see the twinkle in their eye as they talk about it. And I think that happens with people who work and volunteer and support the Club for Boys is they know they're doing something really special and, and something that really benefits our community as a whole and benefits the boys in our community more particularly. And I think that level of dedication and that level of, you know, what you guys doing and, and how it's making a difference is so very, very important. And I think people can tell as you were talking here today exactly what you guys do and exactly how you feel about what you do, which is very, very passionate. And I think we can all say thank you on behalf of the Rapid City community for what you guys do and all the great things that you do for the boys that eventually grow up to be adults and then their boys come to the club for boys too. It's just absolutely fantastic. Yeah, well, thank you for having me. That is really how we feel down there. Um, when some graduate, there's tears and everything like that. And when some boys can't come back because of a home situation, it really takes a toll on our staff. And we just, like I said, when this pandemic is over, that if you wanted to come down, you would just see hundreds of hugs happening throughout the entire day. Yeah, absolutely. Well, hey, thank you so much for coming on. Like we said, we appreciate you coming on. We appreciate what you do. Um, and I'm very excited to get this thing up and post. And I think people are really, really going to enjoy this episode. All right. Well, thank you so much for having me. Awesome. Sounds good. Thanks for listening, guys.